Protecting your heart is key to long-term health for us ladies, but having a healthy heart requires more than just exercising and eating right. Research shows that the ubiquinol form of CoQ10 promotes a general heart health, works as a powerful antioxidant, and improves the quality of life in women over 40. For all adults over 40, taking a ubiquinol supplement is one of the best ways to fuel your heart, lungs, and other organs. To find out if ubiquinol is right for you, visit ubiquinol.org. That's ubiquinol.org. U-B-I-Q-U-I-N-O-L dot org. Looking to create your best self, whether it's good for you lifestyle hacks, smarter ways to supplement, or tasty tips to fuel optimal health, Talk Healthy Today provides you the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I am absolutely in love with doing this podcast. I would be thrilled if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. Thriving through menopause, finding balance is possible. Yes, it is. And that's what we're talking about today. Now, if you listen to the show, you may have heard that when I was 48, I had to have a full hysterectomy because I had fibroids the size of cantaloupes and I was very uncomfortable. Now, I didn't have to have a full hysterectomy. I could have kept my ovaries, but my mother had passed away at 57, 26 years ago of ovarian cancer. And I thought, you know what? I'm 48. Let's just just get rid of it. I did experience a lot of issues in perimenopause. I did have the hot flashes, the irritability. Uh, Let's just say my family would hide sometimes. (laughs) Joining us now to help us find balance during menopause is Tanya Romano functional nutritionist and the owner of Finding Balance Functional Nutrition. She has certifications from the Nutritional Therapy Association and Restorative Wellness Solutions, as well as advanced training and supplement use. Her goal is to empower individuals to become more knowledgeable about their own health through nutrition and lifestyle interventions. Her focus is on gut health and hormones, working with women over 40 who are ready to take charge of their own health and feel energized and confident again. Oh, Tanya, this is great because sometimes I'm like, should I be taking hormones? I know there's more I should be doing. What's going on? So thank you. Welcome to Talk Healthy Today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. No, I'd love to jump in really quickly. Have you dealt with women who have that medical, medically induced menopause where I wouldn't have been in menopause yet, but I was in perimenopause, but then because of a, you know, surgical procedure and. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, and, and it happens quite frequently, especially today, there are so many women who, for whatever reason, you know, are told to get a procedure, whether a partial full hysterectomy, and they're thrown into menopause. And really, it brings on a whole host of issues um, that people don't know how to deal with. And, you know, for the most part, you go see your provider. And, you know, there's definitely a, a place for that and what they can offer you. But a lot of times, they'll say, well, it's menopause. It's, it's just menopause. That's just what happens. See, that's helpful. And, and it's really not. And the, the reality is, you know, when, when you go in and you say to them, I'm having hot flashes, I, you know, I'm, I can't sleep. My anxiety is through the roof. My mood swings are, you know, my, like you said, my family's hiding from me. And they say, well, you know, it, it's, it's normal. It's not normal. It's common but it's not normal. And there's a huge difference between that and and what it really means is that something's out of balance. I thought it was normal, but yet there's ways you can handle it naturally. 
but I didn't know that for this doesn't have to be the way it is. So please expand. That's really fascinating. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's even just simple things, you know, it, normally in menopause, our hormones are declining anyway. So when you get to that 45 year old age or so, you know, your hormones are naturally starting to decline. And that's when we see some of those symptoms that kick in. I mean, when you think about, you know, we just said, there's also stubborn weight gain, which is, you know, the hallmark symptom that most of the clients that I see, that's what they come to me. And they're like, I'm doing everything right. I can't lose weight. Uh, You know, and the doctor will say to you, what? eat less, move more. Okay. Thank you, doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I have a belly for the first time in my life. I mean, it's a little belly. Some of that is going to happen. I mean, and this year threw everybody into a, uh, who knows? <laughs> right. <laughs> I kind of feel like all bets are up. So it's like, you know, yeah. you're trying so hard and then this hit and everyone's staying home and they're on the couch binging Netflix and drinking bottles of wine. And then we're all coming out of isolation going, <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and it, and it, it, it really is, it really is a struggle. And so when you are, are getting to that point and if you're experiencing all of these symptoms, there are definitely things that you can do first of all, to help yourself, but there are things you can talk to your provider about. So if we want to start there, sure. there, there are tests that can be done. Um, you know, and you really want to make sure that when you go see your provider, that when you ask them to look at your hormones, that they're not just testing your FSH and your LSH, your follicle stimulating hormone and your luteinizing hormone. It's good information to have, but it's not a whole picture. It's not a whole picture. Um, and there is more that can be done, you know, so a little story about me and how, you know, I was in, into nutrition and really focused on gut health. Um, and starting to get into hormones because I'm, you know, at the time I was in my early forties too. And, you know, I was still on hormonal birth control and I went away and I forgot my pack of pills. Okay. That's fine. When I get home, I'll just wait till my next cycle starts and I'll start a new, new pack. Never happened. And I thought, well, that's odd. So six months later, I finally go to the doctor and he runs a test and he says, you're in menopause. He checked FSH and LH. He goes, no, you're done. You're done. And I said, well, I can't sleep. My anxiety's through the roof. I'm having hot flashes. I'm a mess. I'm gaining weight. He goes, well, you know, usually I tell women they could just stay on their birth control till they're 50 and then you'll get past all that. Then you don't have to worry about it, but you, you don't need it for birth control. You, you could just take it for your symptoms if you'd like. And I was like, mm, I think I'm good. If I'm, I, I think I'm good <laughs> with that because it kind of freaked me out. It freaked me out that he was telling me at 42 that I had already, I was done with menopause. And I'm thinking, I've never, I didn't have a hysterectomy. I didn't have any of these (laughs) issues. What happened? And so I kind of said, you know what? I have a little bit of knowledge about this stuff now. You know, I had been through school and I I got it. And I said, I'm going to see what I can do on my own. And so, and, and I did some things and we can, we'll talk about those next. And my cycle came back and I was regular and I, until I really, really started perimenopause when I was supposed to, <laughs> you know, like four years later, you know, wow. that's yeah. incredible. You know, I also find, and you can let me know, Tanya, if, if you find this too, if you get like a thyroid test or a hormone test, there's like a, there's a certain area where it's in the normal range, but it's still not normal for you. And I mean, 
there's normal ranges, you know, you look, you get your blood work and there's those bands and that's the range. Well, you know, if you're right at the little edge of that range, but still within it, they'll say, no, you're good. You're within range. But is that optimal? It's within range and it's normal, but it's not optimal. So what I really like to try to do is help people to optimize those numbers, you know, and that might be diet, lifestyle, supplements, all of those things. But, you know, an optimal range is definitely different than a normal range. Yes. Now tell us what you did. You, you saw this doctor. He's like, everything's just normal or you're in menopause and you're like, no, nah, this isn't right. So what were some of the first steps you took? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm a functional nutritionist, right? So we, in functional nutrition, everything is food first, diet first. Um, because I, I don't go as far necessarily as to say food is medicine. I think medicine has a place, but I do think what you put into your body makes a huge difference. Um, and so I looked at what I was eating and, you know, there are some foods that you, that you don't think about every day that are really inflammatory and inflammation is a huge, huge, huge deal, especially as we get towards menopause and digesting our food properly is super important. So, you know, first thing I did was I cut out inflammatory foods. I kind of did a bit of an elimination diet. And again, we are all different. It's everybody's different. So, you know, we talk about normal blood ranges versus optimal. That's going to look different for every single person. And the same thing goes for your diet. It, it truly is bio-individual. Um, you know, I run food sensitivity tests for people and it looks at 170 different markers. Some people come back and need to cut out chicken for six months because something in chicken is causing them to be inflamed while another person it's totally fine. They could eat chicken every day, you know, so it's very individual, but a good place to start is an elimination diet. Cut out things that are normally inflammatory for people, soy, corn, processed foods, lots of, you know, excess sugar, artificial sweeteners, um, alcohol, alcohol is a big one. And it's unfortunate because we all love our wine and our drinks and, you know, especially now that we can go out and see people and enjoy time with our friends again. Um, it's just toxic and inflammatory. So I cut that out. Um, let's see. And then really you just want to optimize your digestion. So that was something else that I did. I really looked at what I was doing and what I was taking in and how I felt after I ate. Um, because, you know, if your digestion isn't on point, you can be eating the best diet in the world and still feeling bloated after running to the bathroom or, and, also not absorbing anything you're taking in. So, you know, you've got all these extra supplements on board and you're just making expensive pee because you're not taking it in and they're just going out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other thing, so that's what I did basically. And I made sure that my diet was good. I ate enough healthy fats. Healthy fats are super, super, super important for us. Um, you know, fats line our cell membranes. They cause, you know, they're what keeps our stomach lining intact, that mucus layer. Um, you know, so they're super good for you. Um, and it's a myth that fat is bad. Processed Absolutely. fats are bad. Processed yep. fats are bad, but eat avocado, eat salmon, eat almonds, eat flaxseed. You know, there's all the, these healthy, healthy fats that are so good for you. Um, and the other thing is protein. Protein. You know, it's a, it's a debate, but I'm in the school of thought that women in menopausal age, in, in this stage of life, need a decent amount of protein because we need it for 
muscle protein synthesis. As we hit menopause and our estrogen declines, so does our muscle mass. And yep. so does our bone health. Those loss of hormones, yeah, <laughs> those loss of, you know, the loss of these hormones causes our bodies to kind of start to break down a bit. And so protein is super important for building muscle and for our bone health. And so we really need it. So I encourage people to try to get in, you know, 25 to 35 grams per meal, at least, you know. Right. Now, do you encourage meat? I, I'm, you know, a... Um, the Nutritional Therapy Association really um, promotes a whole food animal, not animal based, but an sure. animal protein has a place. It really, really does. But know the source. Like you said, grass fed beef. You know, I'm not saying go buy. Go to McDonald's. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and part of the reason I think that red meat in particular has gotten such a bad rap over the years is um, because of how we consume it. Like you said, a McDonald's burger. Well, is it the meat or is it the French fries you eat with it and the processed bun and all of the, right. and the you know, or the <laughs> Wendy's Frosty that goes with it. So it's, I think animal protein definitely has a place. And I think it's super important, um, especially the iron, the amino acids, all of the things that you get in, in red meat, we need as women. We really do. And there are some doctors who are doing some great work and great research. Um, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon is amazing to, to check out. Um, there's another doctor who I love, Dr. Fit and Fabulous. She was on the, um, the Titan Games and she's a um, gynecologist who deals with um, menopausal women as well as a, an OBGYN and delivers babies. And she's fabulous. So those are two to really check out that talk a lot about animal protein and, and the place for it. I think that's great. Yeah, I have a friend who was vegan, but just wasn't and I'm not putting down vegans, but who wasn't feeling that great. And they're older, they're in their 60s. And they, they met with a nutritionist. And she said, you gotta eat some chicken. <laughs> like if you're not gonna eat red meat, you get, <laughs> and she feels better. So again, I think and again, it's individual. I mean, my main go to meal these days is some grass fed meat or some chicken, um, a lot of greens, a lot of healthy fat. I'll have a whole avocado, maybe mm -hmm. some um, yam. Uh, today I had some chicken sausage with a ton of cilantro, like a ton, like it was almost like a salad <laughs> portion, tomatoes, green onion, and quinoa. And it was delicious. Well, that sounds perfect. Yeah, actually. <laughs> it was, thank you. But yet I'm still, I still got this fat roll. So I'm like, what the, you know, <laughs> and I only, the only sugar I guess from dark chocolate. So you know, I think there's obviously something. And I also do Pilates twice a week. I lift weights twice a week. I walk my dogs an hour a day. So mm -hmm. I think there's also just certain, I think there is going to be some bodily changes that happen. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just wondering, if, even if you do everything right, you know, I just feel like when you hit middle age, there is stuff that kind of comes with it. Or am I wrong? Because I, no. I don't want to deprive myself. I'm not willing to, to like you know, eat even more clean than I already am just so my stomach's flat, but maybe that's not it. So that's, I just wanted to put that out there. I hope that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and by no means am I saying, you know, if you change your diet and all of a sudden you're, <laughs> you're going to be <laughs> ready to, you know, hit the stage or, you know, but you know what, we, we also have, we also have to live. I mean, of course, you know, and the reality is some of it is just natural and, and our bodies are going to change. Um, but it's more about how we feel, right, how we exactly. feel because those, the symptoms that come with this beyond, you know, 
the weight gain, the anxiety, the stress, the fatigue, the, the, those things, when you clear that or give yourself a little, a little bit, bit of a boost and can kind of clear the brain fog. <laughs> yes, that's what I want. How much better you feel. Um, and so while there are changes, you know, and, and when your body is in balance, maybe not all of the weight's going to fall off, but if your body is in balance, it's going to be easier to, for you to get back to some sort of balance in, in your body as well, you know, in, in your weight. And, and we're not all meant to be, you know, super duper, you know, fit and ready for, like I said, and not everybody wants that. And not, not everybody has to, everybody has to be comfortable in their body. And really it's just about feeling better and getting the symptoms back to normal. And then you'll feel better in your body and and the weight will start to adjust to where you're comfortable. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm a big proponent at health at every size, which is a movement about, right. Just moving your body. And I'm a size 12 and I'm totally fine with that. Absolutely. So what can we do to get in balance? You talked about the protein. You talked about healthy fats. Uh, what are yeah, some other definitely. things we can do? So the, the other important piece, and this seems so basic, but it's actually really difficult. We need to reduce our stress. You need to reduce your stress because, I mean, our kids, our husbands, my husband's in the other room recording a podcast right now. It is stressful. This year <laughs> it's just, is this year stressful. Our, our lives as women are stressful to begin with. We're juggling kids, jobs, you know, house, houses, social lives, every, everything. We juggle everything. And then on top of that, when we feel like we want to try and feel better, we then overdo it with the exercise. And that's, that's a big thing in menopause too, is that women are over-exercising, which taxes your body. Oh, okay. So here's the thing, you stress and happy hormones, they can't coexist. They, they just don't exist together. It's, it's impossible. And so what happens is when you're stressed, your cortisol levels go up. That raises your blood glucose, that raises your blood pressure. After the stressful event, it's supposed to normalize, right? That cortisol should go down, everything should balance out. But what if it doesn't? What if you're in a constant state of stress, which so many of us are for so many reasons? So that constant barrage of cortisol, your constant higher blood pressure, your constant higher blood glucose, you are ending up with insulin resistance. That's where the weight gain comes from. That's where chronic problems come from. And so, you know, things that we can do to relieve stress, we need to do. And they can be so simple, but sometimes hard to implement. You know, like I, I always say, meditate for five to 10 minutes a day. Oh, I can't do that. When am I going to find time to do that? Sit down with your cup of coffee in the morning before anyone gets up. Even if you have to get up, you know, 15 minutes earlier, the Calm app is amazing. There's a few things you get, you know, there's yeah, tons of apps out app. there. Yeah, there's tons of apps out there. You don't even have to figure out how to do it yourself. You put it on, <laughs> you shut your eyes for 10 minutes, and then you start your day. But it just kind of gives you a little bit of grounding. Yes, absolutely. It you makes know? a big difference. It really yeah. does. Yeah. And then exercising, like I said, Weight training is important for bone health, for muscle growth, but you don't have to kill yourself in the gym every single day. Eat less, move more, isn't it? Go for a walk, do some stretching, do some yoga. Those things are going to help your body to to relax, to kind of ease that stress too, and and help you feel good and get in shape and, and give you all those same good endorphins that you need after a workout. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, when I'm lifting weights, I'm talking three to eight pounds. You know? <laughs> it's not, you know, hardcore, but it, it definitely, I've seen a difference. I've been consistent for a year now over Zoom mm-hmm. and it's with my Pilates instructor and I have a, a old injuries from an accident. And so she knows me really well. She knows what sets me off. And so it's been amazing. And I've been more consistent since over Zoom than when I used to have to go to class. So if you can find something online... There's so many and she's going to keep going with me, even though she's back in the gym. She's it's so nice. You know, if you can find something like that. Yeah. You know what? There are some good things that came out of all of this. You know, so many things that have been adapted and a lot of people are working out from home, which I used to love to go to the gym, but I'll never go back. I don't have to now. (laughs) We set ourselves up at home and it's great. Yeah. It's really, really nice. Now, what about supplements? What do you recommend? So, I mean, listen, there is a ton out there that we know we should be taking, right? You hear all the basics. You hear some talk about B vitamins. Right now, you're hearing about vitamin C. You're hearing about zinc. Uh, Menopausal women, most of the time, are told to take calcium. With your calcium, you should take, you know, and we're talking vitamin D. Those work hand in hand. Vitamin K works with those. Those are important. Those are the basics. But there's a couple others that are super important that I think everybody in our age group should be taking um, magnesium is the first. Um, now I should say this, this isn't medical advice. <laughs> this is just, <laughs> you know, talk to your doctor before you add any of these supplements. This is just what I personally think um, are beneficial supplements for menopausal women, perimenopausal women. So magnesium, um, it is so good for your digestive health. It lowers your cortisol, balances your blood sugar. It does so many things. And hormonally, it helps your body process excess estrogen and it helps with sex hormone production. So it's important. There are tons of different forms available. Um, The most bioavailable is magnesium glycinate. Um, So that's a good one to get, Um, you know, but there's other forms you might take malate, but I don't recommend that one for bed. It can be energizing for some people. Um, The one, the one most people take is actually magnesium citrate. Um, It's a little, it's less bioavailable, but it helps with regularity and elimination is super important. So, <laughs> so, so that's first. Um, next, omega-3 fatty acids. So we talked about essential fats. Um, we also talked touched on inflammation and why it's so important to get inflammation down. And omega-3 fatty acids are an anti-inflammatory. So omega-6s are the more inflammatory um, fatty acid. And, and you do need those in your diet right? Because if something goes wrong, you need to be able to, you know, inflame to heal. But then when you're done, you want to anti-inflame. So you really want a larger ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s. And in America, our diets are loaded with omega-6s. Right. We don't have to worry about a lack of omega-6s in Uh, in the SAD, standard American diet. Yeah, it is, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So omega-3s, those also help prevent hormone issues in women. They actually help with hot flashes and low libido. So take those omega threes. And then finally, another one that is a little less talked about um, really, and and, it depends, depends what you have going on for issues, but menopausal women, when you hit your forties and fifties, your body produces something called ubiquinol. You might know it as CoQ10. Yes. You've heard of CoQ10, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but your body stops producing it. It's one of those things that along with your hormones, as you age, it decreases as well. Um, And it is 
super important. It is an energy source for ourselves and for our body. So, you know, if you are um, suffering with menopausal issues, um, you know, you have reduced sex hormone production and, and that gets worse with menopause. Taking ubiquinol can help. It helps with hot flashes. It helps with mood swings. It helps with fatigue because like I said, it's, it's what generates your energy. So it's super important. Um, I would say that you want to make sure when you are looking for a CoQ10 supplement that you look specifically for the form called ubiquinol. And the reason for that is it's the most bioavailable form. So a lot of times if you just go and grab a bottle of CoQ10 off the shelf, some of them are going to be ubiquinone. It's just not very interesting. Yeah. You know, just like magnesium has different forms, um, you know, and you can, all of, all vitamins really do. And you really, that's why I started looking into supplements because when I got into nutrition, people would say, what do you think about this? I kept getting text messages of bottles of this and this and this and this. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I really dug deep because it's important. Why are we going to take these things if they're not doing anything in our body? Exactly. And or if they could build up and hurt us. I mean, you know, so, you know, if they're not processed properly or if it's something that can be stored in your fat. So they're, you know, it, it's kind of important to know what you're taking for supplements. And I always say like, you know, and, and also supplements don't work in a vacuum. You know, you shouldn't, you know, zinc and copper work against each other. There's all different supplements, you know, so that's why I say talk to your doctor first before you start a bunch of supplements. So Tanya, uh, I love for my listeners to be able to go right out and get something like, so do you have a, com- a product or something that you recommend because, or because, that you trust? Cause you know, you go there and it's like, oh my gosh, there's like a billion different brands. If you can point us in the right direction. Um, absolutely. So as far as the uh, ubiquinol goes, you want to look for, there's only one company that actually makes and produces ubiquinol in the United States. And um, that company is called Konica. And so they have a Konica quality seal right on the bottle. So there are different brands that use their ubiquinol. Um, And as you know, part of what I do as a supplement specialist, interview farm, uh, not farm, supplement companies, I almost said pharmaceutical companies, but no, supplement companies, (laughs) um, to really dive into their quality and to make sure that they're holding themselves to high quality standards and this company does. And so Konica Ubiquinol is the one you want to look for. And there's just a little quality seal on it. Talk about reducing exposure to toxins. You can expand on that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, in our daily life, we're just bombarded with stuff these days. We really are in our air in our food. And, but as women, the majority of those, toxins that we're exposed to come in our personal care products. And those are endocrine disruptors. They are hormone disruptors. They may cause over or under production of certain hormones. And, um, you know, so those are things that we really should try to minimize, especially if we're having symptoms and trying to balance our bodies. It would be a good time to, while you're cutting stuff out of your diet, cut stuff out of your care routine and replace it with things. So, um, you know, you want to get rid of aluminums, phthalates, parabens. I mean, you know, even fragrances, even if they say natural fragrances, it's kind of not necessarily natural. They don't have to, they, they, it's a workaround. It's, you know, the same thing with natural flavors in food. They're not actually natural. They just say that so that you think you're doing something good. So, um, I like things like there's a, a home, like cleaning, 
company online it's called branch basics they are great um beauty counter which it's a network marketing company but the products are clean um yeah, Ilya makes them great. Clean. yeah and and they're really nice products um native for deodorant or schmitz getting used to a natural deodorant can be a little rough but detox your body and then they and then they work they, they really do so many options out there these days for good quality clean options that can replace the stuff that you've been used to there really is I used to do a podcast with David Pollock, who creates natural products called Beauty Inside Out. And I could just, I love talking about natural beauty. It's so important. You mm-hmm. got to think about what you put on your skin. You really Absolutely. do. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Now, I noticed you touched a little bit on that. You mentioned the microbiome. If you want to talk about it a little bit and then how that can relate to helping us thrive through menopause. Yeah, definitely. So, um, our microbiome, and I know you've, I, I listened to a few shows and I know that you've done a few shows on gut health and, and, you know, it's something that if you are at all into nutrition, I, I mean, basically you'd have to live under a rock these days, not to have heard the word microbiome and know that it does so, so, so much for your body. Everything is related to it. They're finding literally everything is related to what goes on in your gut, your immune system. You, you know, your hormones run through your gut. It goes way beyond just your digestion. It really, really does. And so as a, um, you know, menopausal woman, and when you're trying to maximize, you know, your gut bugs, a probiotic super important. Also, beyond that, though, the, you know, you want to look at um, a prebiotic. So when you're incorporating foods, you want prebiotic foods, um, things like oats, legumes, like beans, berries. These are things that feed those good bacteria. Now, eating a bunch of sugar and processed food feeds the bad bacteria. If you wake up and you have sugar cravings and you're constantly craving sugar, that's actually the bad bugs in your gut talking to your brain and saying, we're hungry down here. Could you send us some of that junk? <laughs> So <laughs> you don't want to do that. And really, if you're craving sugar, that's an indication that your gut's a little out of whack, right? But, um, you know, in menopause, like I said, you, your gut helps to metabolize all that estrogen and kind of get your hormones back to homeostasis. And so the, a prebiotic is great. Those probiotics we talked about. Fermented foods, I think everybody, as long as they don't have a histamine intolerance of any sort, should incorporate fermented foods. What are those? Kombucha. Yep. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, in, in, in all honesty, I've never tried it before. I've been afraid really? to, but I'll eat sauerkraut and other fermented things. But something oh. about kombucha. What does it taste like? It's a, you know what? There's some great brands on the market. It, it's It's got a little bit of a, um, I don't know. I mean. I, Is it like vinegary? Uh, it can be. It can be, but it also can be fruity because it's got, you know, depending on which one you get, GT's makes seasonal flavors that have like lemongrass and cherry and all kinds of, uh, yeah, my, you know, there's some that are mango and uh, there's some really good flavors out there. There's some now, they even make hard kombucha. They make even fizzier kombucha. I mean, there's all kinds of different options. So I would say just give it a shot. Now, the thing is most people get it and they drink the whole bottle. You don't need to. And I actually recommend that people start slow. If you drink kombucha, you just want to have like a little bit to get going, kind of get your body used to it. And and a serving size doesn't have to be a whole bottle. 
Um, but a little bit every day is really good for you. Or like you said, sauerkraut. I eat um, kraut made of beets almost every morning. I'm a creature of habit. I have two eggs, half an avocado, and some beet kraut every that single is, day. That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. So that's my fermented food for the day. Um, and then I would also say don't take unnecessary antibiotics if you don't need to. And I, I, I feel like we've moved away from that. It used to be, you know, you'd feel a sniffle and you'd go to the doctors and you'd get a 10 day course of amoxicillin. And, and I don't, but I don't feel that that's happening anymore. Um, and I think that's just something to be cognizant of because it destroys your microbiome for a long time and it takes a while to rebuild it. Yeah. And I would say take the probiotic longer than you think you need to just keep taking it after it takes, it takes months to rebuild after that. So some people, you know, just take it with the antibiotic. I actually recommend people wait, take the antibiotic and then take the probiotic. Or oh, really? Just, yeah. You want, you want the antibiotic to do what it's there to do so that you don't have to take it longer than necessary. Oh, interesting. I had never heard, this is huge. I have never heard that before. Yeah. I mean, there is the issue that some women then get you know, a yeast overgrowth and it, and there's that issue. And that's, and sometimes, you know, you have stomach issues. Um, I would say, you know, while you're taking the antibiotics, eat some yogurt, but a powerful probiotic, save that until after, let the antibiotic do its thing and then rebuild. I know most people don't know that. <laughs> no, I've never, I've been in the for 25 years. No one's ever said that. I'm completely, I'm literally like, like I'm blown away. Yeah. <laughs> you blew me away, Tanya, with all of your great information. I mean, this is yeah. awesome. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to make sure we touched on today? The only thing I didn't get to when I talked about supplements, and I think this is important, and women need to know this. Some are scared of BHRT, bioidentical hormone replacement. Listen, there are there are some great things if you're not quite there yet and you're just starting menopause and you might be having some symptoms, there are some great things you can take to kind of level yourself out. There's, you know, we didn't talk too much about your adrenals and, and we touched on cortisol, but there are some, um, I take mega food makes, um, something called adrenal strength tra tabs. They're wonderful for stress and anxiety. Um, so something like that, or, you know, if you're, having symptoms of low progesterone, um, you may like breast tenderness and, um, sleeplessness. And you may want to consider taking Vitex, which is chase tree. Um, that's, that's a good supplement. Um, but you know, and there's supplements to help support your estrogen production. But if you get to the point where you really are experiencing those symptoms and you're doing all of these things, the diet, you know, the stress reduction and, and you need more, it's okay. And it's actually probably not a bad idea because these BHRTs are going to help with your bone health and your cardiovascular health. They have benefits that go beyond just helping you through menopause um, for, you know, things that we need to be concerned with as we age, like our bone health and our cardiovascular health. So, you know, when a doctor can kind of guide you through what works best for that but it's definitely something that should be considered. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I, I mean, it's helped me tremendously. It Absolutely. really has. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Well, this is such great advice. Now tell us a little bit more about Konica, Ubiquinol. Tell us a little bit more about that, where we can get that and how often should you take it and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So it is, um, like I said, they are the makers of Ubiquinol. And then they give the Ubiquinol to a number of companies. Well, they don't give it, they sell it to a number of companies that produce supplements that we can take. Um, so 
when you go to the store, you are likely to find a good solid. Like I just bought, um, I bought one at the store the other day and there were actually three or four choices that when I picked up the bottle, there was that little Konica quality steel. And so you just really want to look for that and you want to look that it specifically says ubiquinol and not anything else. Um, and the general guideline is like a hundred milligrams a day. Um, if you are really low or you are uh, someone who has taken a statin for a very long time, you may want to consider taking a dose of like 200 to 300 milligrams for a little while to get yourself back up. Um, did I mention that? Anyone who's taking a statin, a statin. Oh, that's really good advice. Yeah, Thank anyone you. Who's, there's so many people that take them, right? And so anyone who takes a statin, generally speaking, you know, as our body's producing less and less already, the statin makes it even worse. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so if you are someone who's taking a statin, you absolutely should be adding ubiquinol um, to your supplement regimen. And so that's important. So yeah, 100, 200 ish milligrams per day, depending on your own bio individual needs. Oh, that's great. And just sum up again, why it's so important, why that ubiquinol is so important. Uh, like I said, it is a, it, it's what gives our cells their energy. And so we, it, it, it's everything it's, you know, helps with our metabolic processes. It is great for, um, I'm losing my, Hold on. It is great for um, our mood swings, for our fatigue, for our cognitive function, for our cardiovascular health. I mean, the benefits are numerous. There really just are so, so, so many benefits to taking it, you know, and uh, I, yeah, and it's definitely, it's definitely a necessity in menopausal women and, and, and others. Like I said, anyone who takes a statin, um, you know, it goes beyond, we're talking about menopause today. So I keep bringing it back to that, but it, it's really a supplement that everybody over the age of 40 should be taking. Oh, that's fantastic. I appreciate that. Now, Tanya, can people work with you and do they have to be in your area? Yes, people can absolutely work with me. So I, um, I did pivot a smidge with the, uh, with the pandemic and being home. So I do see clients virtually. Um, uh, part of what I do is also I do some muscle testing um, and ling uh, lingual neural testing. So I can see people in person um, and do some body work type stuff to help them develop a protocol. But I absolutely see people virtually online on Zoom, you know, just like we're That's talking. Great. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. Well, tell us how we can find Konica and also how we can find you. Okay. So if you want to check out Konica, um, the best thing you can do is go to ubiquinol.org. Can you spell that for us? U-B-I-Q-U-I-N-O-L.org. Uh, ubiquinol.org. And then if people want to find me, um, I am at Finding Balance. FN for functional nutrition, finding balance FN.com. Oh, terrific. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. It's been super fun having you on. Absolutely. It was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy Today. I hope you got as much out of the show as I did. I feel so lucky to talk to so many incredible people to help you live your healthiest life. So please rate, review, and subscribe and never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today. 
Caring for your heart is a crucial way to promote women's long-term health. Are you doing everything you can to care for your heart? Find out by visiting ubiquinol.org to kickstart your heart health journey today. That's ubiquinol.org, U-B-I-Q-U-I-N-O-L.org.